Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hi, everybody. Cheryl Atkinson here. Welcome to another edition of Full Measure After Hours. Today, America's post-COVID crisis of confidence in what was long considered the world's premier public health agency, CDC. The story I'm working on for this week's episode of Full Measure is so important in the grand scheme of things. It'll air on Sunday, November 6th. It examines the CDC's remarkable loss of credibility after about three years of COVID-related miscommunications, missteps, misinformation. This is serious. A large segment of the public, according to some polls, says a majority no longer feels as though they can rely on CDC for accurate, truthful, scientific, and public health information. This is the agency that gets untold billions each year to be reliable advocates for us, to be on the cutting edge of the latest science, to protect us and keep us safe. Yet by CDC's own admission, it did its own analysis, it utterly failed at its most important task, one that we spent trillions of dollars funding pandemic preparedness just so that they would be ready when the inevitable time came. Well, nobody from CDC would agree to an interview for my report this week, but I included some of their findings from their own after-action report on everything. And I interviewed a man who calls himself a dear friend of CDC and a dear friend of Dr. Anthony Fauci, who turned out to provide a surprisingly stark assessment of the agency and what it needs to do now to restore public confidence. Lawrence Gostin is a professor of global health law at Georgetown University. He's also director of the World Health Organization's Center on Global Health Law, and he's calling for a complete overhaul of CDC. How would you summarize where our public health agency, CDC, is today after the biggest part of the COVID pandemic in terms of its credibility? And what are your thoughts on where we go from here? I'm really worried um, about CDC's credibility. And quite frankly, I'm also worried about um, you know, the, the vibrancy and the ability of state, local, and tribal health agencies to operate as well. Um, First, there's just simply the problem is is that at the beginning, the public health community uh, uh, was seen as heroes. You, you'll remember, you know, people standing on their balcony and banging their pots and and cheering um, for our public health community. But they became villains. Um, they were they were um, uh, endangered. They had to have police escorts to their homes. Um, uh, they had police outside their homes. And, you know, they don't get a lot of money. They don't get a lot of pats on the back by the public. And so 
the most immediate problem is, is you you know you're we're bleeding out um, the professional public health workforce in America, and that's not a good place to be um, for when the next um, crisis hits. You know there is also the credibility gap. Um, CDC particularly has lost the trust with you know perhaps even up to half of Americans, um, and that's. Uh, really um, dangerous for for the agency. Part of it was not its fault. It was just in the middle of a political football. You never used to hear, you know, Republican governors or presidents, you know, questioning science, questioning public health, even castigating them and saying that they don't know what they're talking about. But you see that all the time during COVID, and so the. You know, the politics, we've dragged CDC uh, and state and local agencies into a political nightmare. Um, you know, I used to say that CDC was the nation's shining star. I used to use that term. And it was in Atlanta, tucked away from the Beltway, insulated. It had world-class scientists. In fact, CDC was the envy of the world. Um, it's not a it's not a surprise that you know in in the, there's the European CDC, there's the China CDC, there's the African CDC. They all use the term CDC because that was the gold standard. And I'm afraid that really didn't um, bear itself out during COVID nineteen. First of all, you know, if you wanted data on COVID, on on vaccine effectiveness or anything else, you know, you'll notice we didn't really use CDC data very much. We got our data from Israel, from South Africa, from the UK, from Germany, um, and that's uh, crumbles even the the the. The, the most loyal public health people and and the confidence there. We need to do a lot better with our data systems um, to be able to collect these data. So D CDC is first um, and best always, but it wasn't during COVID. Um, and there were times when the agency just literally misstepped, it misfired. Um, early on, you'll remember all of the problems with testing. Um, so CDC was, you know, had too much hubris at the time. There were perfectly good, in fact, very good tests that they could have gotten from the World Health Organization, that could have gotten from Germany, one of our allies. Um, but they decided to use um, their own tests, um, and it had flaws in it. Uh, it required a testing capacity to go back to CDC laboratories. So you had, remember, a week or more. Um, after a test was taken, till you got the results, and the United States became, you know, you know, at the bottom of the list of in terms of our testing and tracing and contact tracing and isolation and quarantine capabilities. Um, there was also um, evolving science that was a problem for for CDC. Um, you know, did masks do masks work? Was this an aerosolized spread or a droplet spread. And CDC and the World Health Organization both were very late at you know, admitting that 
we had you know aerosolized spread and that the effective use of masks actually worked and were effective and so there were a lot of mishaps and then finally um, CDC um, is just a it's a group of wonderful scientists I love them I know them I've worked with them for eons um, I was there at the beginning of the AIDS epidemic just to give you an example um, and they as good as the scientists are, as caring as com and compassionate as they are, and they are, they're not good health communicators. Um, they don't have the anthropologists, the sociologists. Um, they don't have the connections with community-led groups, civic groups, um, religious uh, leaders to actually effectively provide health communication. And we saw that over and over again. Remember how head-spinning it was about CDC's uh, guidelines about the use of masks and also when and how long you should quarantine. I once wrote an op-ed where it said, you know, what could CDC be thinking um, uh, when it um, made its, uh, d some of its decisions, which were perfectly good for science, but the communication was really poor. And we're seeing that now. Um, you know, we think we're doing really well in our vaccination rates in the United States. We're really doing really badly. If you compare us to any of our peer nations um, in, you know, Europe, um, Canada, um, uh, and in East Asia, in fact, in Korea, um, South Korea and Japan, um, uh, Taiwan, we're near the bottom of the barrel, if not the bottom of the barrel, in terms of vaccination rates. And we have even worse rates for adolescents. Uh, uh, FDA just recently approved, uh, authorized a, an under five vaccine. I expect to see very low penetration in that community. So we need to do a lot better um, with our health communication. All in all, CDC does need an overhaul. Is there anything you think CDC could have done in simple terms in a very uncertain situation where they did make mistakes, maybe they were wrong about communications or even wrong about some of the science they said, what could they have done to not end up in a place where they lack so much public trust today? Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard, you know. I mean, I, I know um, so many of the public health leaders at CDC and I'm very good friends with Tony Fauci, but nobody escaped unscathed. Um, you know, these are really good, caring people. And Tony, for example, is an, a very good health communicator. I've seen him with Zika and Ebola and influenza. Um, and he was, you know, really superb. And he was with COVID too. So I think a, a lot of the erosion of trust was just they got pummeled um, politically. Um, and even though they're continuing to be pummeled under the Biden administration. It's not because of what the White House is doing, because they've got the backs of the CDC. I have no doubt about that at all. Um, but now, um, COVID has been so politicized. I mean, I never could have imagined that a, a global health emergency um, would be so politicized in the United States. If you asked, you know, one reason why the U.S. fared so badly with over a million deaths, it was because the public lost confidence in science and public health. I'm not sure there was a lot CDC could do about that, but they should 
have been much clearer. This is what I think in simple terms they should have do, done every day. They should have said, this is what we know. Based upon what we know, this is what you should do. This is what we don't know. And this is what we're doing to find out what we don't know. Very simple and clear messages out front on the, you know, uh, in the newspapers, in the, in the, on the television, in the social media where people could see them and they could see that kind of very clear message. We never got that. I think a lot of people would agree with you. I think part of the problem came with CDC proclaiming something as if it were an established fact rather than a recommendation based on what they knew at the time, only for people to see that either change or proven not to be true with no apparent recognition that it was, you know, incorrect at the time. Yeah, well, that's true. Um, you know, the inevitably, um, when you've got um, a virus um, like SARS-CoV-2, um, the science is going to be evolving. And I've been working in, you know, global health and infectious diseases, you know, since, you know, from AIDS to SARS to Ebola and Zika, influenza. Um, and I've never seen a virus that's this wily. I call it a wily virus because it just keeps surprising us. We just have to be really humble about this. And it keeps mutating, it keeps changing. Um, and so part of it is that, you know, CDC was just trying to keep up with the virus and, and, and make recommendations based upon what they knew then. And so, and it, it inevitably, science does evolve. It, recommendations will change. The problem is CDC didn't tell the public, listen, this is changing. It could change next week or next month. But what we promise to do t for you, the American public, is always be honest, always tell you where the science has changed or where we've made an error. Um, and we will always try to keep up with the science and communicate it to you. So that was a balancing act, but they could have done better. They should have done better. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. When you say CDC could use an overhaul, what would you envision? Something realistic? Yeah, I mean... First of all, um, uh, Dr. Walensky, the, the CDC director, I, I have very high regard for her. 
she's um, had an internal um, uh, full evaluation of CDC. I would like to see it external. I don't want to see a bipartisan in the sense that it becomes a political football. What I want to see is, you know, the best public health minds in the country doing an independent, open um, a report on what's a retrospective on CDC's performance during COVID and what it needs to do now. Among the things they're going to say, um, some of them we've talked about. Uh, one is they're absolutely going to ensure that CDC is better next time at health communication and they're going to have to hire the right people, partner with the right religious and civic organizations, um, really become much more um, savvy on social media. The second thing is, is that they're going to have to have much more um, uh, advanced and sophisticated data systems um, so that they can track data in real time and provide answers much quicker and in a much more authoritative way. Um, thirdly, um, you know, CDC is going to have to modernize in, you know, in all of its ways. Um, so, for example, I, I was a member of the National Academy of Sciences, a committee reviewing CDC's performance at the border, um, basically uh, at state borders and at international borders. Think about um, the, the mask mandate in, 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 in airports. Um, think about um, cruise ships. Think about um, requirements for masking and testing to get into the United States. Think about travel bans. All of that was an absolute chaos um, during this um, pandemic. So we're going to have to do a better job. So for example, if we're going to do travel bans, uh, it needs to come early and consistently and not just to target where the last hotspot was because the hotspot's going to be in another place in another time and to be very, very late. President Trump claimed that he was early. He was, in fact, very, very late with his travel restrictions. Um, and so uh, in all of those ways, CDC is going to have to change. I'd like to see um, the CDC director be more independent and not subject to um, political uh, pummeling. Um, and I would also like to see um, CDC have more sustained and ample funding. Um, its funding model has been pathetic because basically um, Congress has lurched from complacency to, to panic as the, you know, the theme of my book that you've covered. Um, and so when there's a crisis, um, Congress has to politicize it and decide whether to fund it. And so it funded Ebola over a, a million dollars, but it did it very late. It funded Zika, but it did it even later, almost after the the, the, the crisis uh, eliminated. Ebola a million? Oh, uh, sorry, I meant 10 million. Okay, go ahead, sir. Um, uh, so the, there is a, a huge a problem about consistent, sustainable funding. So I would like Congress to have a public health contingency fund that wouldn't require a political battle every time there was an emergency, but funds could be quickly um, used whenever the United States faces a health crisis. That would be essential. Could a president order such an overhaul or how would this, would it have to come from Congress? Um, 
The president certainly could do a lot of what I've said. It would not need Congress. It'd be nice to have Congress, but he wouldn't. The only thing he'd need Congress for is funding. Um, but f and that includes funding for data systems, which Congress has given a little bit of money for already. Um, but in terms of uh, having an independent scientific public health inquiry um, on lessons learned from COVID and overhauling the CDC, he can do that. I mean, he's the head of uh, federal agencies in the United States. He could do it, and he should do it, and he should do, do all he can um, to make the CDC a really robust and shining agency, just like that shining agency on a hill um, that CDC used to be. We need to get back there. Because, you know, people who are criticizing CDC should be careful what they ask for. Um, because when the next crisis hits, it could be much worse than COVID. And they're going to look um, to the nation's leading public health agency and ask that agency to protect them. But if that agency doesn't have any power, if it doesn't have any funding, and if it doesn't have public trust, that agency is going to have its hands tied behind its back, and it will be ineffectual when the next really serious emergency hits. Nobody wants that. I didn't know what you were gonna say before you came here, but I'm a little surprised to hear you agree with some of CDC's harshest critics in that an overhaul is needed. Yeah, I mean, it's always better um, to have suggestions for reform from a close and dear friend. And I am a, as close and as dear a friend to CDC um, as anybody could be. I've worked with them for decades um, I've, I'm friends with, deep close friends with its senior staff. Um, and I, just my, my heart and my hat tips, it goes out to, to what they've been through and all they've sacrificed for America. So it's not them, it's to make them more powerful, better funded, better equipped, um, and a better agency. Um, the next time, because nobody at CDC wants to go through what they've gone through during COVID-19. Everybody knows things have to change, and they do. Despite CDC's harsh assessment of itself, the head of CDC, Director Dr. Rochelle Walensky, said she utterly failed, but then stayed in place, and in fact, didn't replace anybody that they publicly announced or didn't announce any real personnel changes to address everything that's gone wrong. And CDC is asking for a record amount of money in its next budget, billions more than the record amount that it got in this year's. There are huge new amounts for a brand new adult vaccination program. You may ask, why should we give the very same people who admittedly failed even more money? If this were a private corporation, there's no way a board would fund the same executives who presided over an admitted failure so large. If you want to hear more about this story, check out my other podcast, the Cheryl Ackeson podcast. And you can watch my report this week on November 6th on Full Measure. I also interviewed Republican Steve Scalise about what a Republican-controlled Congress would do about all of this. And I also interviewed scientist Jay Bhattacharya of Stanford, who's been right all along, by the way, on everything COVID, but for that got smeared by our public health officials. 
If you want to find out when Full Measure airs, you can see the list of TV stations and times by going to CherylAckeson.com and click the Full Measure tab. You can watch also live or replays online at fullmeasure.news. We air live at 9.30 in the morning on Sundays, Eastern Time, and replays will be posted after that. You can also see us live or replays on our free app, STIRR, S-T-I-R-R, which also has a lot of other cool free programming. To support independent journalism causes, which has never been more important, you can shop at CherylAckeson.com, click the store tab for some great original gift ideas and slogans for independent thinkers, including do your own research, make up your own mind, think for yourself. <laughs>